Hello, my name is Jamie Dury, and I would like to welcome you to the inaugural podcast of National Preview Online. I started NationalPreviewOnline.com back in 2016 because I felt the voices, which had been reliably conservative in years past, were changing their tune. The events of the last four years have only served to convince me that the need for conservative voices is greater than ever, and I believe the public is thirsting for it. So let me give you a little insight into my thinking by way of historical perspective and what you can expect from a National Preview Online podcast in the future. There was a time when conservatism was the mainstream of American political thought and cultural thought. You know, quaint old ideas like you should earn your way through life and pay for what you want rather than steal it. In short, people were supposed to work for a living and not adopt a shiftless, lazy lifestyle, encouraged by the government with ever-growing social welfare programs. Yes, some people need it, but in a free society, that number is supposed to be small and temporary, not large and permanent. It was further believed that crime was wrong and that the perpetrators of such crime needed to be punished, not sympathized with and glorified as victims of societal prejudice themselves, as is the case today. It was simple. The police were the good guys, the criminals the bad guys. In today's world, this normal balance has been upended, with law and order under vicious attack, along with everything else in American society and culture that was responsible for making this the greatest country the world has ever known in the first place. And I do mean everything. Beginning with the Founding Fathers, men possessed of such incredible intestinal fortitude that they were willing to risk everything, their wealth, their possessions, their very lives, in order to advance the cause of freedom. Now they are vilified and retroactively portrayed as scoundrels and moral reprobates. Their statues are being torn down by ignorant masses, indoctrinated rather than educated by a leftist-controlled public school system and their very memory and existence are in danger of being erased from the history books. It's difficult to put a finger on exactly when this decline began, but from my reading of history, it all seems to have started with the presidency of FDR. Over the course of his three and a half terms as president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt did more to advance socialism in America than all those who had come before him combined. Having failed to extricate America from the Great Depression with his New Deal, Roosevelt then set about getting the country involved in World War II, a war he promised to keep America out of when he ran for re-election in 1940. But war in the 1940s was not fought with small armies relying on technology, as it is today. No, they were fought with men and material, and plenty of both. Providing this material in the way of food, clothing, ships, tanks, planes, armaments, and more, meant record industrial activity and virtually 100% employment, lifting the U.S. economy from the depths of the Great Depression. The industrial power of the United States saved the world from domination by the fascist Nazis and Imperial Japan. And although public opposition to entering the war was strong, in retrospect, no one doubts it was the right thing to do. And so FDR became somewhat of a national hero. I mark World War II as the last time the U.S. was truly united in a great cause. Beginning with the Korean War, America began practicing appeasement. The 1950s saw the greatest prosperity we had ever known. Two incomes for a family were always possible, but not necessary as it is today. 
allowing for the accumulation of wealth and the ability to retire in comfort. The 1960s saw incredible societal upheaval with the Vietnam War, protests, the peace movement, free love, etc. It was also the decade of political assassination as JFK, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and RFK were all cut down. We meandered through the 1970s with Nixon ending the Vietnam War, again without decisive victory. He was forced to resign in disgrace following Watergate, and Jimmy Carter closed out the decade with his weakness, incompetence, and economic lethargy. This would propel Ronald Reagan into office, and we saw prosperity return to America once again in the 1980s. Ronald Reagan was perhaps one of the most popular presidents we ever had, winning re-election with a record 49 out of 50 states and a record 525 electoral votes. Not since the 1950s had America been so prosperous and unified. When his vice president, George Herbert Walker Bush, succeeded him, everyone thought they were getting a third Reagan term. They were wrong. Bush Sr. was not the conservative Reagan was, and although he was a foreign policy expert, his economic acumen was lacking, and this allowed Bill Clinton to capture the White House in 1992. The election of Clinton, in my view, marked the beginning of the second stage of decline in America in the 20th century. In his two terms, Clinton was able to infect government bureaucracy with a host of dedicated leftists who remained in place throughout the balance of his administration and the two terms of his successor, George W. Bush, undermining him and limiting his success in those terms. The election of Barack Obama was almost the final nail in America's coffin. White liberal guilt helped propel him into office, and that same dynamic made him almost immune from public criticism, with the liberal media only too happy to do their part in propping him up. Obama was a disaster. This should have been no surprise to anyone, as he never had a job, never was in charge of anything, and was utterly without achievement. America declined rapidly under his watch, both militarily and economically. Economic growth remained at under 2% per year for his entire presidency, and he made a point of telling us that our jobs were not coming back. Obama spent eight years apologizing for this country and trying to convince us that everything we had always thought of as the way things were supposed to be were wrong. The cops were wrong. Law and order was wrong. Muslims built America. The list goes on and on and on. By 2016, America was truly at the crossroads. And while the saying, this is the most important election of our lifetime, seems to be a catchphrase taken out of mothballs every four years, in 2016, it was the literal truth. I am convinced that had Hillary Clinton been elected in 2016, the decline that Obama accelerated would have gained speed and America would have been taken past the point of no return. The plan was thwarted when a political outsider named Donald Trump did what the media thought was impossible. He became the 45th president of the United States, proving not only that the impossible was possible, but that there were still plenty of Americans who wanted to see their country restored to greatness and prosperity. The left doesn't give up without a fight, though, and they have fought Trump tooth and nail at every turn ever since. 
Each day he does battle with the Democrats, the media, and a bureaucratic-slash-globalist cabal looking to stop him. So how and where does National Preview Online factor into all of this? Well, even though the mainstream media is controlled by leftists, there was always a reliable alternative media, a conservative media, that would come to the defense of those on the right. These took the form of talk radio hosts like Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, print media like the Weekly Standard and National Review, and of course Fox News. However, beginning with the announcement of Trump's candidacy in 2015, many of these once reliable conservative institutions turned on him and abandoned him, revealing themselves to be conservatives in name only. Many reasons were given as an excuse for this change, such as Trump's character or his crudeness, but the truth is his candidacy outed them. They were not conservative. In 1955, William F. Buckley Jr., having burst onto the scene with his groundbreaking book, God and Man at Yale, founded National Review magazine to, as he put it, stand athwart history and yell stop. In so doing, he also founded the modern conservative movement. He did this because at the time, the political conversation was rather one-sided, with conservatism having no voice. Today, in 2020, we find ourselves in a similar, but not exactly identical position. As I stated above, conservative voices can be found on talk radio, Fox News, various internet sites, and of course, in National Review. However, these conservative voices have increasingly aligned themselves with the establishment elites, the power brokers, if you will, in both the Republican Party and Washington as a whole. Not all these conservative voices, mind you, but a significant number. Fox News grows less conservative as Rupert Murdoch's sons have greater say in the network as their father ages. The Weekly Standard is gone, as its editor, Bill Kristol, revealed himself to be an establishment anti-Trumper. And the venerable National Review, founded by Buckley himself, also seems to have lost its way following Buckley's death in 2008 leaving talk radio as the primary conservative voice. More is needed, however, and needed desperately. The American people have become the casualty of this unholy alliance, as their needs have been subordinated to the needs and wants of the political establishment, with some conservative political commentators who ought to know better complicit in this betrayal. NationalPreviewOnline.com was created in response to this crisis, by filling the vacuum created by the studied neglect of the masses on the part of some conservative commentators, pundits, and intellectuals who seem to have forgotten that they exist to provide the people with a voice. The people did not exist to provide them with a position. With the advent of the smartphone, the consumption of news and information has changed, with the phone being the lifeline which connects us all to the world, fueling the growth of alternative media. Up until now, National Preview Online's contribution to this alternative conservative media landscape has been largely confined to the wit written word by way of articles on our website and our Facebook page. Now, with an election coming up, our very culture is under assault and the struggle for the future of America is becoming even more desperate. National Preview Online has decided to jump into the fray with both feet.
Going forward, our primary means of communicating with the public will be through our podcasts, as many people, conservatives and otherwise, consume information via this convenient format. We will always have at least one podcast per week, but realistically, we expect to be putting up two to three podcasts per week on average. I hope you will join me as I lend my voice to the fight to save the America and we love and preserve freedom here and our way of life. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury. Please subscribe and join us. Thank you.